This podcast is brought to you by Mapper Forward's new Patreon community, the Global Coffee Think Tank. Check the show notes or head to patreon.com forward slash Mapper Forward to find out how you can become a member today. Welcome back to the Daily Coffee Pro by Map It Forward, friends. I'm your host, Lee Safar, and I am joined for episode three of our five-part series with Judith Gaines. Judy, we are talking about the futures market of coffee, and we're talking about the, the supply and pricing of coffee as we head into some interest, interesting times in the industry. In the last episode, we mentioned that there are a few things that you want to wrap up uh, around the understanding of the futures market. Go ahead. Okay. So in the episode prior to that, I mentioned that only 2% of all coffee contracts are actually delivered. Mm -hmm. And that the delivery isn't the main function of the market, but it is at times significant and can play a big role in the price. And I'd like to explain that here. Mm -hmm. So the reason why I started to talk about the differentials is that for the past 20 years, we've really had a strengthening in the differentials and many of the mild coffees that are deliverable against the New York contract haven't been delivered like in years past. And what happens is the coffee that is allowed to be delivered against the New York contract has to be graded and it's called certified coffee, Mm -hmm. not to be used with certification programs. It's very different. It's coffee that is permitted or given the license, if you want to call it that, but the certificate to be able to qualify for passing to deliver it on the exchange. And it's held in a separated portion of warehouses. And the majority of that coffee right now is sitting in Antwerp because it's cheaper to hold it there than it is in New York or New Orleans or Houston or Miami, some of the other deliverable ports. So it's built up, stocks were built up there, but you don't have many Colombians or Costa Ricans or Guatemalans being delivered like you did 25 years ago, because if you can get a premium in the cash market, a high differential, why would you deliver it to the futures market for a flat price? So, wow. I didn't know this. Yeah, this is cool. Okay, so Colombians are 80 cents over. Why would you deliver it for two twenty when you could get three dollars for it? it? It doesn't make any economic mm. sense whatsoever. And so over time, there's been this shrinkage in the coffee that's being delivered against the New York market. And it didn't really matter that much because there was always plenty of supply and it was never, you know, a squeeze. A squeeze in the market comes about when a seller is the one who's obligated to make the delivery. And if they can't get their hands on that certified coffee to make delivery, then the buyer is saying, well, you got to give it to me. 
okay? And the seller has to go into the market and pay whatever price. And that's what drives up the futures market. But what's happened is there's been so little coffee being certified, except for two different periods in the past five years. One, when Honduras had this monster crop, and therefore they had a negative differential. And so the New York contractor, the board, was the best buyer of that Honduran coffee. And then when Brazil had its record crop two years ago, that crop also, over one and a half million bags, wound up in certified stocks for the first time that Brazil was a major deliverer to the board. So the board becomes this dumping ground sometimes for this excess unsold coffee as the best, the board is the best buyer for it. Now, when differentials are very high and you had freight rates soaring during the past two years in the pandemic and the market price was strong, but the cost of delivering the coffee and there were delays, roasters said, wait a second, I'm just going to take coffee out of the certified warehouse because it's the cheapest coffee available. Because right. if Hunter Coffee now is trading at 45 over the New York C price, the New York C contract or coffee contract. Well, if you're a roaster putting commercial, you know, canned coffee, why would you pay 45 cents over when you could mm. save? I mean, we're talking money, serious mm. here. And so there's been this drain in the stocks to the point where they fell to the lowest level since 1999. And I wanna point out that there's been only three times in the market's history where the coffee price has gone over $3 per pound. One was in the seventies when there was a massive frost in Brazil and then producers basically stopped shipping coffee all over the world because they said they, they want to keep the price up. And then consumer countries got really annoyed and we're going to boycott coffee. So that was in the 70s. And then in 1997, the amount of certified stock deliverable against the exchange went to almost nil. It was like down to 312 bags. And so the market exploded and so from January 97 until May 97, this market went from $1.25 a pound to $3.18 a pound. Every one cent move, because the contract is 37,500 pounds, is $375. You just slide the decimal point over. Mm -hmm. And so it was a massive, massive move. And that created the oversupply for the depressed prices in 2000s. And then the only other time the market got over $3 was when there was a Colombian shortfall during the last La Nina. And it was at the same time it dovetailed with when Colombia was undergoing a rehabilitation program to rip out all the old trees and put new ones in. And so their production plunged. 
And so the differential for Colombian coffee went to a dollar over the New York market, which at that wow. time was $1.25. So net combined price, $2.25, which is pretty much where we are today, plus another 80 cents on Colombian over. But the futures market responded to that tightness in the differentials by surging. And that was what broke the differentials. And you can't hedge the differential. You could only hedge the, the futures price, but you can't hedge, there's no offset on the differential. And so what happens is when the cash market is moving up faster than the futures market, that's considered a strengthening in the differential. And when you have cash rising slower than futures or falling faster than futures, that's called a weakening in the differential. So if you bought the differential when it was very strong, a high positive number, and all of a sudden you're a trade firm and the differential dropped on you and weakened, that's a loss. Mm. So the futures market might not move very much. And normally it's the reverse. Normally the futures market is the one that is more volatile and the basis tends to be far less so. But in the past year, that's completely changed. And there's only been a couple of times in my 40, my almost 40 years covering this market where that's happened. And incidentally, we're in a La Nina again this year. Right. Absolutely. And, and it brings heavy rains to Colombia and threatens their crop. And that's exactly what's happened. And that's why the price for the Colombian coffee has surged. And then in turn, people say, okay, well, what's your next best coffee? And so it drags up all the other differentials. And then because prices were, freight rates were so high, people willing to pay more for the coffee locally and draw down inventories because why pay these extreme prices to get your coffee? Yeah, wow. And that's created this, this tightness that we're experiencing now. And so that's part of what's driving the futures market and providing some of the in underpinning has been that the amount of certified stocks has been going down and down and down and down. And there was very little Brazilian coffee left. There's um, all the coffee they delivered previously is almost gone. And the Honduran coffee, you know, is down to a small amount. But there's no one who wants to bring coffee to the board, any fresh coffee, because you get a better price in the cash market. So if if a buyer is wanting to buy futures contracts and the coffee isn't there to deliver it. The seller is obligated to make that delivery. So they have to go into the cash market and buy it, even if it's going to be at a loss. Whatever, whatever price, correct. And and wow. rate it and have it there in time for <clears throat> delivery. And the market gets nervous about that. And that's part of why in recent weeks, the market was rising. Now, this week and the tail end of last week, suddenly all this coffee started showing up again. Um 260,000 bags, but I believe was coffee that was removed from stock and then was put back. 
I saw this uh, post of yours. <clears throat> Excuse okay. me. Yeah. So what th there's um, a couple of rules of engagement that um, for the futurist contract. Mm. And one of them is to discourage coffee from sitting in warehouse for an extended period of time. And the exchange has accelerated penalties. So there's different periods. Um, and as you, after four months of free parking, then suddenly the penalties start kicking in for every 30 days. And the longer it sits, the more the penalties. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is someone with a very sharp pencil figures out that it is cheaper to take that coffee, pull it off of the, pull it out of warehouse. Physically. And then physically pull it out of the warehouse, decertify it. So it's no longer considered certified coffee. And then turn around and spend the money to regrade it and put it back into the certified warehouse because it basically sets the odometer back to zero. This is otherwise so known as wizardry and fuckery. <laughs> no, no. I mean, it's, perfect, it's perfectly legal. Well, okay. that doesn't mean it's not legal. That's why it's wizardry and fuckery because you're just presenting a product as though it's never been presented before. And just like magic, it's been recertified and it's got its new value back. It's old status that, back. the old value back. But from, you know, the exchange perspective, they would say, look, if it was good enough to pass grading, then it held the value anyway. Now, okay. someone commercially might argue with that, that Perhaps. if they're getting <laughs> two-year-old or three-year-old coffee and they know there used to be a penalty, but if it's still the cheapest coffee available, right? And you have to think in terms of the economics, if you're going to look at a used car because you can't afford a new car and the used car is more expensive than you thought it was going to be, mm. but you still can't afford the new car and you need a car, then what are you going to do? You're going to have to pay the price. Yeah, wow. <laughs> and and, and wow. that's kind of what it comes down to. And so, so, that, so whatever coffee's coming back now and being graded kind of caught the market a little bit by surprise. It's happened before. It doesn't mean that there's a mountain of coffee that suddenly showed up. It just doesn't make any economic sense whatsoever for it to be anything else but this regrading. And that's just a, someone being sharp on money and cash flow. You know, as, as a coffee professional that is trained to make sure that we are serving the quality of coffee that our customers are looking for and be focused on making sure that in the specialty market we're always looking for the latest crop and is it fresh and we learn how to taste whether it's old crop and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's a whole different market. And, and the reason I say that is to help people understand that we are the, at the tippy-tippy-tippy point of the coffee market the majority of coffee that's traded has nothing to do with the specialty coffee industry. Yeah, you're you're in the top 10%. Mm. Yeah. 
So, And that's what people find it very difficult to get their head around. So when they, they turn around and say, you should be paying a fair price for coffee, well, it's a really, really complicated system and how do we define, define a fair price when if a pro- like what you were just talking about, if recertifying the coffee so that you can get the old score back so that you can get paid a reasonable price, to us as the specialty coffee industry, that feels like we'd be cheating our customers to say to them that it was coffee that was you know, valid, and but it's been sitting there for two years. It's a completely different system. But what happens what if that coffee was sitting in a non-certified warehouse? Or what if it was coffee that was sitting right. in producer's farm for years right. and stuffed in, you know, the proverbial mattress right. and suddenly came to the market, right? It's complicated is all I'm saying. People, it, it, it's not as though uh, we say, when we say coffee is a complex agricultural product, it's not complex just because it goes through a number of processing methods before it get, becomes green coffee and can be roasted. The way it's traded is also overly complex. Uh, and that's something that we need to get our heads around as an industry if we want to participate because I suspect our industry on the consuming end is about to enter a disruptive phase because of economics and geopolitics uh, that is going to really shake things up. Having an right. understanding. way into the next. It really, really is. Right? <laughs> So let's let's head into that. Um, I, th- I think we couldn't set it up any f- any further, and it wasn't deliberate. But I'm glad that I did it and that you mentioned it. So let's do that. <laughs> uh, see you in the next episode, everybody. Peace, love, and peanut butter. Have an amazing rest of your day. Thanks for tuning in, folks. The best way that you can support this podcast is to join us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash map it forward. There you can become a part of our community, the Global Coffee Think Tank, for as little as $3 a month. That's a total of $36 a year. We have a lot of big ideas for this community, so I really hope that you'll join in. This podcast is produced by Map It Forward and the song you're currently listening to is called Run 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 off of my album Laundry After Midnight, which is produced by Evolutionary Theory. You can check the show notes for links. For more content from Map It Forward, consider joining our mailing list at mapitforward.org forward slash mailing list.